This is another episode of the Whole Home Podcast, episode 13 in fact. Today's guest is a lady that I dearly love to share the table with, and that lady is Carissa Godwin. Hello. Hello. What's going on, Carissa? I'm sitting here with you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Across, peeking at you. Yes. Um, Okay, so this is a podcast that's going to be fun to listen to in the future because you're about to have this baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And your life is about to be completely different forever. Yeah. Right? Any, I will not any day now, but within the next month, probably. Yep. So this is going to be pretty little man. Anyway, speaking of time, we met somewhere in the past. Yes. (laughs) And I couldn't remember. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I do. I met you when Cody and I first started dating. We had a dinner with you and the the Bynums at their house. Okay. Because it was really important to Cody that I like met you guys. So we had a dinner with Tim and Lisa and baby Oliver. Wow. And Ava and Ivory were medicated with Benadryl oh. because of, <laughs> of like allergies. Yeah. And I don't know, it was a funny, it was the first time I met you guys and the Bynums in the same night. That sounds like a good night. I have no memory of it at all. <laughs> My memory of you is like Ryan pointing you out in a group of people at the downtown uh, location in the foyer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he said like, that's the person like dating, not dating Cody or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that's That sounds like the start of our relationship. Yeah. Well, anyway, like now we're very close and our families are together all the time. I feel like... Um, I don't know. We just are journeying very close together. And then, of course, Ryan married you guys. What was that, seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, I forgot he did our ceremony. Yep. How could you? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we've had a lot of change in our families. um, But I consider you one of my closest friends, Carissa. And I love you very, very much. And I am so often encouraged and floored at your stamina and grit, which you'll probably laugh at, (laughs) but your serious growth in submission, humility, and femininity, and you're always down for a good time. And when you're not, you're truthful about it. And you just say goodbye. (laughs) I'm going home. Or can you go home, please? Um, You're diligent to look for opportunities to bless others by finding out what they need and trying to help if you can. And I would be amiss if I didn't mention your sense of humor. (laughs) And you're doing it right now. You're getting a sparkle in your eye, which sometimes makes me smile. So I'm very thankful for you and all the years that we have shared and we'll share together. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I could say more, but I'll write you a letter. That sounds good. (laughs) So this is the soil section, Carissa. Your past, um, where did you grow up? In Lynchburg, Virginia home of the world's most exciting university (laughs) (laughs) was that the t-shirt that you got when you yes yeah I probably got a lot of t-shirts from Liberty because they love marketing yeah did you when did you leave there Lynchburg yeah um when I was 21 22 so 2011 so you spent a lot of years there yes yeah, and you still go back, right? Yeah, we try to go back about once a month to visit my parents because they aren't able to travel here. So mm-hmm. they are really obsessed with the grandkids. So we try to go yeah, and share the grandkids with them. And how long is that drive? It's about two hours. Okay. It's not bad. I've never been. Should well, I go? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it 
depends on who you ask. I I'm asking you. <laughs> it there's some fun stuff. There's some pretty scenery. It's up kind of in the mountains. So if you like a mountainous scene, it's good. Okay. And I know some people who go there for vacation and love it. So it's a pretty it's a slower pace. Okay. So who was in your family? My mom and dad. And my I have an older brother who's five years older than me. Okay. Um, and that was it. So you probably me. weren't close. We are actually. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's surprising, but we, I feel like my brother's a really good friend. Uh, we did a lot together. He was always up for like driving me around and. Mm. Um, Where would and you want to go? <laughs> always to see friends or to the movies or something like that. But he would be up for driving me to drop me off at a friend's house or go pick up friends for me sweet um before I could drive and he actually lived at home we both lived at home through college so we spent some kind of adult years together too at home how far away because you went to Liberty mm-hmm. which you'll probably talk about later how far away is that from your house? 10 minutes maybe okay. yeah we also went to the same because we went to the school underneath Liberty which is a K through 12 school so we were both there together until graduating well he graduated before me but we saw each other a lot so we weren't separated at different places all the time was that school on the campus it i think it's closer to the campus now when i went there it was at the old church building okay Um, should i imagine uniforms or we had uniforms in high school okay yeah before that it was just skirts every day long skirts oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) had to be uh longer than the middle of the knee okay and no sleeveless tops. That okay. was important. Yes. <laughs> was there a song that you would sing, the school song? Sadly, no. That is sad. Yeah, we did the Pledge of Allegiance and the Pledge to the Bible and the Pledge to the Christian flag oh, every morning. The, I remember those. Yeah. Okay. But right. no song. <laughs> so how would your family describe you as a little kid? Probably very bossy and dramatic. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) Basically, if you've met my daughter, you've met me as a child. (laughs) So I know I was a very, I think my mom would probably describe me as kind of precocious, but I don't know. I read a lot and I liked writing stories and I was in my imagination a lot. Um, But I really liked telling other people what to do. Were you around like your brother and your brother's friends? Were you just like the girl hanging out with um, the fellas? Sometimes, not too often. We had pretty distinct sets of friends. So okay, I had friends over a lot, and he had friends over, and they played video games, and I wasn't particularly entertained by that. Okay, so your parents was it like you were home after school, and your parents were working, or were was your mom home? Yeah, my dad was actually a teacher, so he would pick us up from school and be home with us until my mom got home around five. And then we would have dinner together pretty much every night. Um, My mom sometimes had evening work things that she had to do. But we were actually with my dad a lot more because he had the same schedule as we did. Okay. So he would have summers off. He taught science and math. Middle school science and math. I didn't remember the science part. That's interesting. Yeah. And then your mom has a really unique job. (laughs) Yeah, she... Works for the police department. She's a crime prevention specialist. That was kind of something that she stepped into. I think she started as sort of a secretary, but she now goes into homes and businesses and she can tell you how to make your home 
less of a vulnerability for various types of crimes. Yeah. And she runs lockdown drills in schools. And I was just talking to her today. She has been doing a lot of private schools and churches um, okay. going around and like yeah. doing church security and um, helping private schools kind of get up to par on, you know, what to do in an active shooter scenario, which is unfortunately yeah. something people need to help figuring out. Yeah. So no iron bars on your house? <laughs> no, it's... Dogs, electrical <laughs> fences, I don't know. No, she does, like, because it's crime prevention, it's more about not making it so obvious, I guess. So, you know, I can't reveal all the secrets okay, on don't the podcast. Do <laughs> but it's more, I think, a lot of lighting and different types of locks and stuff gotcha. like that. But I'm always kind of looking like, okay, where's the exit? I have to sit with my back to a wall. I have to know where the fire exits are and how I would get out. If someone came in here, what would I do? Yeah. So I'm always prepared in my mind for something. <laughs> so you love to hang out. You're very yes. social. And you did any activities? I did a lot of sports when I was young. I did soccer. I mean, pretty much until my freshman year of college was the last season I played. Um, I did softball wow. a couple of seasons. Yeah. And what position were you? Um, Is there such a thing in soccer? Yes. I have no idea. <laughs> Mostly I played defense. Sometimes I played I played goalie until I moved up to a level of soccer where the goals got taller, but I was <laughs> I did not get any taller. <laughs> so I had to just kind of admit defeat that I was not yeah. going to be a goalie. I mostly played defense or midfield, which is just where you run a lot. Okay. And... I did softball a couple of years. I did some horseback riding. Wow. My parents were up for letting me try pretty much anything as long as I only did one thing at a time. Gotcha. So I had to choose every semester what my thing would be. I can't lie. I love the idea of you doing soccer, like being the goalie, like smack down, like <laughs> denied. I, I don't know that I was a very good goalie at all. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I liked it, but I I remember the first season I played getting scored on a lot because I was just so entranced with my imagination of the idea of playing goalie and I was mm. like playing with the net above my head <sighs> and my parents still make fun of me about all the balls that just went right under me oh because I was somewhere else in my mind. So d you didn't have a very good team then? <laughs> well I don't know if any team of four and five year olds is that good. Oh gotcha four and yes. five. Yes <laughs> <laughs> we did not my very first year that we played when I played for school in middle school we not only lost every single game, we did not score a single point Aww. the entire season. <laughs> Hard lessons. We we worked on it. Okay. Well, let's not dwell on that anymore. <laughs> did you do clubs? Um, not really. I we were always really active at church. So soccer was a practice every day except for a Wednesday. So there just wasn't a lot of time. Okay. To do other things in high school, I did a lot of drama and speech. But it wasn't, it was kind of just part of the school day. Okay. It wasn't a separate club. I was in marching band once. Okay, that, I'm remembering that. I'm so glad you said that. Hat, did you have the hat, tall hat? No, I Dang. was a color guard, so I had all the flags. Yes. And a sparkly oh, that's dress. right. You promised to do some kind of demonstration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen. So you grew up in a Christian family. Then. Yes. Yeah. Anything to say about that? Did, were your grandparents Christians? How My far back? Dad was raised in a very nominal Catholic family. Um, he 
I don't think anyone in his family, as well as growing up, would have really identified as a Christian, and he wasn't. Okay. He came to faith as an older teenager, I think 17 maybe, because a friend invited him to come join a church softball team, and he had to attend Sunday services to play on the team. Okay. And I think there were some uh, girls he was interested in <laughs> at the church, so he attended, and he describes this very sort of out-of-body experience, not out-of-body experience, but this experience of just really feeling called to salvation Mm. it is a surprise move to him and everyone he knew and he was really dramatically changed Um, my mom grew up in North Carolina in a very independent fundamental Baptist church Um, her father left the family when she was a teenager so she was just her mom and her brother and going to church was really important to them my faith or not my faith. My grandmother's faith was a very important part of their life, but it was also a very follow the rules strict kind of thing. Okay. Um, but there was definitely that heritage of faith from my grandmother passed to my mom, mm-hmm. and then my dad coming to faith as a kind of young adult. So yeah. they were both Christians when they met in college, but I think hadn't, you know, they had to work it out as adults. Yeah, I was going to say they probably had a lot that they were figuring out together. Um, so what what were the rules like for you? Um, the rules... Because you said fundamentalist from your mom. Yeah, we didn't have as many. I think my mom was very aware that a lot of the stuff she grew up under was not necessarily loving or biblical. Like, she remembers neighborhood boys being chased away from the basketball hoops at church because their hair was too long. Mm -hmm. And so, to her, that was absurd. Um, So... We didn't have a lot of rules in our family in that way, but we did at school. Uh, and like outward righteousness was pretty important, appearing to be the holiest in the class. Yeah. Was a marker of self worth. Yeah, but I don't remember. My parents weren't too, they were kind of strict in some ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like with media consumption, we were not allowed to have any non Christian music or we wouldn't buy any movies. Okay. But if someone gave a movie to us, that was fine. Ooh. So there was a lot of drama one Christmas when my grandma bought us The Lion King. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Caused a big schism. And did it end up in the trash? Nope. Nope. We got to keep it. So okay. grandma won that debate. <laughs> but we did have a long talk about ancestor worship. Oh. Because yeah. there's one scene where yes, uh, I don't even remember Simba talks to his dead father. Okay. So it was very important that as a four-year-old or five-year-old, I knew that that was not okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. Oh. Yeah. I think always from the time I can remember, I always wanted to be a teacher. And of. then there are other things that came in. I don't really know that he knew of what until probably high school or college. I went back and forth between history and English. Okay. I knew he did not want to teach elementary school. Mm-hmm. Probably even as an elementary school student. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in college, I settled on secondary English, but I always I wanted to be an astronaut as well at some point. Okay. And then I realized that would take too much math education. <laughs> so, what made you want to be an astronaut? Uh, just floating around in space looks really exciting. Oh. <laughs> That's all. Okay. I think my dad is very into science because he was a science teacher. So I had kind of a unique experience of getting to do a lot of really fun and involved science fair projects. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had this telescope that he kind of borrowed permanently from school that was the size of a (laughs) cannon. And we would roll it down in our yard in the winter and 
get to look at the rings around Saturn and the spot on Jupiter. And that was just a big part. The science exploration was a big part of our family life. Gotcha. Because my dad really enjoyed studying God's world. So now you have to tell everybody one of your awesome um, science fair things. Oh, man. One year I x-rayed green bean seeds to see if it would stunt their growth. (laughs) And? (laughs) Um, I think the results were inconclusive because I'm not very good at taking care of plants was what (laughs) we discovered. (laughs) But I had a UV grow light and everything. We did something with boiling, I don't know, water and sugar. The green bean seeds was the last year I did science fair. I I had some bitterness because I got a red ribbon Mm -hmm. and someone who tested which dog food their dog likes best got a blue ribbon and I said this is rigged I'm out of here (laughs) oh my goodness was your dad the judge he was not okay that's good that's good did your family travel ever we traveled to see family a lot so my dad's family was in New Jersey we would go once or twice a year but that was kind of a long trek and we would go see my mom's family in North Carolina and Tennessee several times a year Uh, and my dad before he got sick he loves just jumping in the car and going okay and because we had summers off together because he was a teacher it would would very often we would just jump in the car and go Mm -hmm. to another city we would come to richmond for the day or go to roanoke for the day or Mm -hmm. go to the beach for the day why not like unplanned yeah so we had a lot of spontaneous adventures and i remember we didn't do a lot of vacations when I was young because it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we eventually started doing kind of a yearly beach trip. But it was never in the summer because that was too expensive. Yeah. So we would go to the beach in the fall or spring break or something. Um, we traveled. We went to a lot of science museums around the state mm-hmm. in the summertime because I think my dad. A science what? Science museums. Oh, okay. We would go to ones in all around Virginia in the summer because my dad had a discount for being a teacher. Okay. Um, so we would do that a lot and we would go, I don't know, we just were kind of always on the move in mm-hmm. the summertime. Yeah. You must have had a lot of open time and then your friends and all of that. So let me see. Is there any story your family likes to tell about young Carissa? Oh man. I'm sure if I called and asked, they would have one, but I... <laughs> you forgot to call. Yeah. My mom, now that she's kind of watching Beatrice go through stages, she remembers of me. Mm-hmm. She likes book. I remember when you were two and you pretended to be Mowgli for days on end. <laughs> we just run around the house yelling Within at your me. red diaper? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or, yeah, I'm sure depending on what age you asked, my mom would have very distinct memories. I hear a lot about how I was just crying all the time as a middle schooler because I was very dramatic. And so I remember her saying, when you were in middle school, we would wake up and ask ourselves, which Carissa is going to wake up in our house today? Is it the sweet girl we've always known or the monster who's taking her oh. place? The monster. I was kind of monstrous as okay. a young teenager. Okay, so friend drama? Oh, yeah. Probably all of my own invention, unfortunately. Um, do, do you still have friends from high school? I have a few. A couple that I still keep in touch with and I'll kind of try to rotate through and see when I go back to Lynchburg if they live there. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of tears. You know, when you have a group, I always somehow was in a group of three. Okay. So then you always have the scenario where two people are hanging out, but they're not including this person mm-hmm. as much or something. So that would be a sad time. Yeah. But it was also fine. So did you have um, 
I think you said there was a New Jersey family, and then you said North Carolina family. So mm-hmm. you didn't really grow up around family. No. I be yeah, we didn't guessing. have any extended family close by, and neither. Um, my mom has one brother, and they did not have any children until I was in college or late high school. And then my cousins on my dad's side were not close with. They lived in Maine. So mm-hmm. we saw them once every few years, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we did not, yeah, I did not grow up around family. I'd say most of the people we spent time with were church friends. Mm-hmm. My parents had a Bible study when I was in elementary school that I think still regularly met until COVID hit. <laughs> uh, Whoa. For, yeah, like a long time. That's amazing. And so I knew those people really well. None of them had kids my age, but I just hung out with a bunch of adults mm-hmm. all the time. And then I had friends my own age from church um, at various points. What yeah. kind of church did you grow up in? We, the church that I was in, they were both Southern Baptist. Okay. Um, the first one we were at from probably, I don't know, the time I can really remember until I was in middle school. Okay. And they got kind of strict sort of Puritan vibes by the time we were leaving where they <laughs> were not really into kids. They didn't really want us, like they didn't want a lot of kids around and okay. they wanted a lot of quiet and it was a very strict environment. And then we switched to a different church at some point when I was in middle school. And that's the church my family still goes to, okay. um, which is a Southern Baptist church, but different. With kids? <laughs> There's a lot of kids. Okay. <laughs> yes. And they seem excited about them, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I worked in the nursery a long time at that church. And all those, some of those kids are married now. Do you have a recollection of when you trusted Christ? My parents told me that I kind of prayed the prayer when I was four. Okay. I have no memory of that. Um, so I grew up hearing that, that I was a Christian because I had said this prayer at the mm-hmm. age of four. But I think when I was maybe in sixth grade, it's 11 or 12, I realized, like, I don't think I actually have ever decided to follow Jesus on my own. I've just been told that. So I mm-hmm. was baptized then when I was 12 or 13. Yeah, sometime, like, probably around 12 or 13, I would say, is when I really made a conscious choice to follow Christ. And then that has been working out with fear and trembling (laughs) ever since. (laughs) Ever since. Okay. Were you the same in high school? Were you still kind of like... Dramatic and bossy. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say hot and cold, but... (laughs) Um, I was definitely... I think I calmed down a little bit. I had one year of high school where I just decided, I guess I'll just do everything my parents hate and see how that feels for a year. I kind of got grouped in with some friends that they did not have any type of, I don't know, faith mm. or relationship with Jesus. Um, and this was for the whole of high school or just this was just this really this one year when okay. I was like 15 to 16. And I started dating someone behind my parents back. And it was a very dramatic, of course, yeah. <laughs> over the top situation. Uh, but other than that, I think I had a tight knit group of friends and I sort of was like the mom to my friend group. Okay. So a lot of people come to me for advice. I don't know why <laughs> when I think back. Like, why are you asking me well, for You were good but at I just had sage things to, to say, people. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was a year Oops, younger sorry. than all of my friends. I started kindergarten at four. So I was always the youngest in my friend group. I couldn't drive, which was a huge blessing when my friends were driving. <laughs> And getting into lots of trouble. I would just have to hear about it on Monday. I couldn't 
go with them because mm-hmm. I had no way of getting there. Yeah. Uh, so I had that one year where I, I don't know, I was just testing out being dumb. Mm-hmm. And then the other years, I think I felt pretty stable overall. Did you have like a youth group at your church? Yeah, we did, but it was really small when I was there. It was me and three guys, and sometimes another girl (laughs) would come in. Uh, It was a really small group. It was a really positive experience, I mean, as far as youth group experiences go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cody and I talk a lot about our opposite youth group experiences. The guy who is now the lead pastor of my family's church was the youth pastor, and he was just really passionate about kids learning to study the Bible. So we would just march through a book of the Bible together and Mm. do deep studies. Like we didn't, it wasn't a typical youth group, maybe what you think of with weird games and drama. I definitely do. Yeah, (laughs) it was a pretty focused group by the time, you know, I was especially a senior in high school, I felt like we were all really focused on, we're going to learn about the Bible. We're going to share our faith a lot. We Mm -hmm. did a lot of missions trips together and stuff like that. Like local trips or? We did partnering with the Southern Baptist Convention. We would do various, go to a smaller church and put on a VBS or something. So we went to New York and South Carolina and maybe a few other places. And then I did some international trips. I think the first one I did was to Thailand. Um, Wow. That was my very first plane ride Wow! <laughs> to Thailand. What was, did you eat? I ate a lot of rice and chicken. Okay. <laughs> and I don't really remember what I ate in Thailand. Pad Thai. Okay. Yeah. So your drama and speech classes came in handy then, I guess? Yeah. I enjoyed performing a lot. I enjoyed being on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you can remember performing in particular? Oh, I played Veruca Salts yes. in Willy Wonka. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I had an accent and everything. Oh my gosh. It was fabulous. And then we did some dinner theaters. There was one show that my acting teacher wrote that I played the lead in where I was a time traveler. (laughs) And I traveled through Christmases of the past until we went so far back. I saw the birth of Jesus. Oh my. And then my life was changed. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. (laughs) Okay. So this is interesting to me. You, because of what I know of you now, you very much like to travel, but you did not leave Lynchburg for college, which surprises me. So why didn't you? Uh, I had a free ride. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. I applied. Well, I don't know if I even applied anywhere else. I looked at some different colleges. But at the time, the deal was that if you went to this high school for four years, you got four years of free tuition at Liberty. Okay. And so my parents kind of busted their tails to pay for our high school education Mm -hmm. because that was cheaper than college. Mm -hmm. And they said, I really did not want to go to Liberty. I was ready to leave Lynchburg for sure. And they said, well, you are welcome to go anywhere you would like to pay for. I said, oh, Liberty sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) And you studied? uh, I studied English. So I have an English degree and then a secondary teaching license on top of that. What is secondary? Uh, Like six through 12. Okay. And you still have that license? I still have a license. It's good until 2030 now. I renewed it. And I also have an endorsement for teaching English as a second language. I got that when I got back from Bulgaria. And you still use that license in some capacity, right? Yeah, Yeah. a little bit. I mean, right now it's kind of the thing I can use for homeschooling. I submitted, you know, I submitted the paperwork. And because Mm -hmm. I have an active teaching license, that kind of made it really easy to get approval for homeschooling. And I'll do some portfolio reviews for families, homeschooling families. Uh, who want to submit a portfolio assessment for their students. Okay. 
And And you taught some online classes recently. Yes. Yeah. I've been working for Liberty, of course, (laughs) online, (laughs) uh, developing curriculum for them. So I've not been a teacher with them, but I've been writing and editing stuff for them. For many years, right? Yeah. For, I think, four years now. It's amazing. Was there a significant turning point in your life? So when I graduated college, I moved to Bulgaria, and that was a pretty big pivot. Mm -hmm. It was obviously as an adult, so it wasn't a dramatic turning point as a child. But I think probably when I was younger, my senior year of high school, when I kind of made a choice, okay, I'm going to either have to choose to be with these friends who are drunk all the time Mm -hmm. or (laughs) follow Jesus. And I really consciously separated myself from those friends because it was just clear it was not I was not strong enough to hang out with them and maintain a walk with Christ. Mm. I was very easily influenced. And then deciding to go to Bulgaria was a big change. Yeah. How did that even come into your list of options? <clears throat> the church that I grew up in is really heavy. If you're familiar with the Southern Baptist Network at all, they have a really heavy emphasis on foreign missions. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up under a lot of missionary stories and missionaries would come to speak at our church all the time. We, My family was a host family. Oh, wow, so my parents cool. would host missionaries coming through Lynchburg pretty like several times a year. That's we would really have cool. families from Australia or New Zealand or wherever. Mm-hmm. And so that was just something really heavy. It was a very heavy influence. And then I think when I went to Thailand, that was my first cross-cultural experience and it was very jarring. Just because it's so different to see, I don't know, idols everywhere that people are worshiping at. And um, so we spent some time connecting with a ministry that was pulling women out of sex trafficking. And that was something I just had no concept of at 19. So I was very impacted by the work that churches were doing to share the gospel and help people physically and spiritually. And I ended up applying with the International Mission Board. And my idea was that I was going to go to Southeast Asia and work with an orphanage or work with a ministry like the one I had already partnered with in Thailand. But Mm. at the time, they just didn't really have anything. And because I had a teaching license, I was basically offered a few positions to teach missionary kids to kind of be their permanent tutor. Okay. So I ended up in Bulgaria teaching at a homeschool co-op there with missionary families was kind of the main job I did. Teaching um, English? Uh, Well, it was just teaching everything. So what did I do? I had a class of second and third graders that we did grammar and English together. And then I had high schoolers that I did history and English with. And then I also worked with university students teaching English as a language. Mm -hmm. So that was a side a side hustle, I guess. And you you have like a really strong <laughs> affection now for Bulgaria. Oh, right? yeah. I loved it. It was so originally the team that I was working with, they were kind of supposed to be focused on uh, Muslims living in southern Bulgaria and Greece, northern Greece and Turkey. And I was supposed to be with them kind of doing stuff in villages and church planting. Uh, there was some <laughs> team conflict that resulted in me not really being involved with them that much. So I ended okay. up doing a lot more in the city I was living in with Bulgarians. And I just really loved it. I went to a national church and... You learned yeah, the language. I learned the language as best as one can in two years. Yeah. I was able to argue in shops. So <laughs> that was... And do some haggling. 
and get what you wanted. Yeah. I love those stories. And you have some great pictures. So if anyone wants to see them. Yes, I have a lot. (laughs) One year I actually had Carissa come share them with uh, my kids. It was really fun uh, when we were doing Around the World in School. So I'm offering. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, offer my services to show pictures. I have a lot of, I don't know, memorabilia might be the wrong word, but I, because when you're already overseas, traveling is really easy and cheap. So Mm -hmm. I got to go to a lot of different places and the area that we were in, there's a lot of church history. Like I got to go to Philippi and Thessaloniki and uh, just, I don't know interesting things that you read about in the bible you're like oh like this is a real place mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy yeah i forgot to ask you did you work at all in high school oh yeah i worked i did a lot of babysitting and my first non-babysitting job was at the pretzel maker at the mall yes so i made a lot of pretzels and i enjoyed it but one day i went to school and i just still smelled like pretzels and i like <laughs> i quit that day <laughs> I just couldn't take it anymore. And then um, through college, I worked at Barnes & Noble. Oh, my gosh. And you can't get away from bread still. It's chasing you. That's I uh, love making pretzels now, but yeah. it's not the it's not quite the volume that I once made. Them yeah. <laughs> okay. And that was it, pretzel lady? Yes. I was just pretzels and babysitting was high school. Okay, let's go straight into your obstacles. (laughs) What about some, I don't know, some difficulties, I guess. I think probably the biggest difficulty when I was younger was my dad getting sick. Mm, That really changed our family. So he has multiple sclerosis, which he had been diagnosed with either very shortly after I was born or before. So I always knew that he had it, but it's just a very odd disease where it will progress and then stop or you could be totally normal for years and years and years and then just lose your ability to walk. Mm. This is a very odd progression of disease. And for most of my childhood, my dad was my soccer coach and my softball coach. Very, We were very active. You know, we did hiking and traveling and bike riding together. And then when I was in middle school, he started having a relapse where he Mm got like a little bit worse. It really affects uh, mobility. So like he couldn't walk very well and uh, affected his eyesight. And so a lot of the things that we had gotten used to doing together, we just couldn't do. And then over the years, it kind of went back and forth. And then right around that same time, my dad's parents both passed away within, I think, six months of each other. Oh, man. So we had sort of a year that was a lot of grieving of losing two grandparents and then also sort of losing the type of relationship with my dad that I'd had because he just isn't able to do stuff that he really loves doing. Um, And so that has progressed to now he's pretty much housebound at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's hard because he was such an active out of the house kind of guy. So that was definitely really impactful in how I saw, I don't know, I remember struggling a lot when I was in that year with my faith as a, you know, 14, 15 year old. Mm -hmm. And I remember praying, okay, God, if you're real, just show up in my room and prove it to me. And it was a really earnest prayer. And I just didn't have, I don't know, I didn't have anyone to take that to, I guess. So it was a kind of a confusing, well, everyone's saying that God is good, but this doesn't feel very good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad didn't do anything wrong was my thought. I really struggled with that. Like, 
well, we did everything right, so all the good things should be happening for us. Mm-hmm. And that was, I didn't really have a good way to process that as a teenager. Were you, did your family ever really talk about it, or did you guys talk about things? We did and we didn't. So we had a lot of open communication, but my dad's very stoic, and I'd say sort of a Gnostic stoicism is sort of prized in some ways in my family of just, you know, not a lot of emotional expression is welcome. So it wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of place to process questions or emotions. It was mm-hmm. just sort of, this is what's happening. And we're just, it's just happening. There yeah. wasn't a lot of, yeah, processing is not something that my family does. And they're, my parents are pretty private, or at least, I don't know, they were. So we didn't do, we weren't really sharing with other people necessarily mm-hmm. what was going on. So I'm sure that we had friends in our church that sort of knew that my dad was struggling mm-hmm. physically, but I don't know if anyone really knew, ever knew the extent because it was sort of our private family business and we didn't want to burden anyone else. So we didn't have, I didn't really have a sense of going to our church family to have those needs met. Mm-hmm. So did you guys stop hosting then missionaries kind of at some point? Yeah, at some point that stopped. Um, It's interesting because we hosted a lot of people coming through. My parents had that Bible study regularly, but I don't remember ever having other people over for dinner. That was Mm. not something that was normal. And I don't know if it was not normal in our church culture or in our family culture, but hospitality was sort of for, I don't know, it was like a grand gesture, but not a normal thing, if that makes sense. Sure, that makes sense. And that's probably why you go visit often Lynchburg, right? Yes. See your dad. Yeah. So, yeah, this question is fun. I like to hear the differences. So what's something that you cared about in the past that's maybe hard to relate to now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Funnily enough, I hated hosting people. (laughs) Yeah. When I was in high school and college, my brother really enjoyed having parties and having people over. Oh my goodness. I just hated it. And I would get so angry at people for being in my house when I wanted to go to bed (laughs) (laughs) or for making a mess that I had to clean up. And so I was a very into not, I guess I would have identified as this extreme introvert Mm because I just wanted to be in my own space and I didn't want to have to share my space with other people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I really cared about that. That now seems absurd because yeah, you're so different. We have people over all the time. And you don't mind cleaning up the mess. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> you said that you just wanted people to go away in your room. You would just read. What would you do? Listen oh, to music? Yeah. I just did a lot of reading and writing. I was on um, some online writing communities. <laughs> so I was writing stories all the time. And okay posting them and reading other people's stories and reading a lot of books or I spent a lot of time in the woods behind our house and going on walks or bike rides by myself. I would have friends over, but it was sort of really, if I felt like I could control the scenario, like, okay, this friend is coming over and we're going to do this thing. I didn't really enjoy large gatherings of people because it was annoying. (laughs) So super fast forward, you ended up in Richmond. Yeah. Oh, again, back to the original question from earlier. How did you get here? I did a two-year term with the IMB in Bulgaria. When that was coming to an end, I tried to stay kind of on my own. Okay. And I was offered a couple of jobs, but they were not, they were sort of sketchy. Like they wanted to pay me under the table and 
It was just not something I was super comfortable with. So I ended up coming back to the States and I applied for teaching jobs literally all over the world. I was applying with the Department of Defense to teach on military bases and international schools and schools all over America. And I didn't hear back from anyone. So I think, well, I don't know why. It was God. But (laughs) one reason is because I don't have a master's. Mm. And in the time in between me graduating and coming back, that is the new standard is everyone who gets a teaching license gets a master's of teaching. Okay. Which, so I don't have those letters after my name. So I was having a hard time finding a job. And I was sitting in the Barnes & Noble parking lot getting ready to go in and... (laughs) Uh, in ask, Lynchburg. In Lynchburg. Okay. And ask my manager from when I had worked there before, will you please give me a job here again? Uh, because I just didn't, it had been probably four or five months of applying for jobs and I was back living with my parents and it was mm. not a very, I mean, my parents are totally fine, but it was not a happy time because I was used to just jumping on a train to Istanbul whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to mom and dad's house. So... I was ready to get out of there and get a job. Yeah. I was sitting in the parking lot, kind of psyching myself up, and I got a phone call from a school in Chesterfield oh, wow. asking me to come in for an interview. So I said, oh, I don't want to move to Richmond, but sure. And I was offered the job, and I moved to Richmond because it was the only option I had. <laughs> Where did you live? I lived in Churchill. I have a friend that I went to high school with. Her brother lives in Richmond and he goes to another church here. And so I asked her to ask him if he knew anyone (laughs) who needed a roommate because that was the only connection I had in Richmond. I didn't know anyone here. Oh, wow. And he knew a girl who needed a roommate. She had just bought a house in Churchill. And so I basically blindly moved in with this girl on the recommendation of my friend's brother that I don't even know. Okay. And... (laughs) Uh, it was a great roommate scenario. And then I don't know if maybe this is jumping ahead too much, but her, my roommate, Laura, her house was right next door to a house under construction. Mm-hmm. And one day she was outside and she came back in and said, oh, I met the people who are building that house and I invited them over for dinner. Oh, I said, that's You're like, no, crazy. No, no. You literally <laughs> just invited someone in off the street. But it was Jess and Corey Simpson wow. and they were building a house right next door to her. So I met them at this dinner that I in my mind, I was also thinking, who just meets a girl on the street and says, sure, I'll come in for dinner with my six-month-old. Yeah. But that is also their vibe. So they came <laughs> in, and I got to know them, which is how I got connected to Remnant. Okay. I'm having flashbacks now of being in Jess's house and your name being mentioned, but I had no idea who you were. That's so cool. I'm kind of, My mind's really like... <laughs> working now (laughs) it was kind of wild because I really did not want to live in Richmond God is crazy yeah I didn't I don't know I was excited I was like I'm gonna go to Paris or something Mm -hmm. and then I ended up here yeah I I bet you didn't want to stay teaching in Chesterfield and how long did you stay teaching there I taught there for three years and then I taught in Henrico for a year okay and then I stayed home because we had Alexander yeah which is a whole lot of story there. <laughs> a whole lot of story. Okay. Um, you married someone you didn't expect to marry. That's certainly true. Right? Anything you want to say? I'm very thankful <laughs> that I, I don't know. There's so much to say. It was kind of, I, Cody and I, I don't know. We're very, I think, complimentary of each other in a lot of our personalities in a way that's just so surprising to mm-hmm. me sometimes still. 
because my I wasn't really looking to get married necessarily. I felt, I don't know, in a very missionary girl kind of way. I was like, I'm just going to be single Mm -hmm. and travel the world and be a missionary. And I don't know, statistically speaking, there are more Christian women in the church than Christian men. So someone has to not get married. So I just assumed it would be me. (laughs) And I wasn't really hunting for anything in particular. But if I had to put it down on paper, it would have not been <laughs> at the time. But you're talking about yourself in the past. Yes, of I'm course. talking about myself in the past. Yeah. And when he asked me out, it was just such a surprise. Mm-hmm. I had no. So he, I met him because his older sister was dating a guy in our community group. Okay. And Cody third wheeled a lot with Casey and Byron. Okay. <laughs> and so I just knew he was Casey's little brother. Mm-hmm. And we had chatted. But he's five years younger than me. So I, and at the time he was a freshman in college and I was in a career Mm -hmm. and I was planning to leave Richmond in a year or two anyhow. Yeah. So it was just completely like blindsided. I, we joke a lot that he just surprised me into saying yes when he asked me out. Yeah. Because he just walked up to me and said, hey, would you want to go on a date with me? And I was like, uh, okay. I was so confused. (laughs) Did you have stipulations? Um, My stipulation was it was just one date, not a commitment. (laughs) Yeah, you did then. Yes. Okay. Because so at the time I was, I had been living here for about a year and I had some friends who were dating or interested in dating. And there's some other churches that had large populations of singles and there was a lot of mingling of all the singles okay. at like three churches. <laughs> Whatever that means. And um, so the vibe of the remnant guys was that remnant guys were really serious and were oh. trying to marry people like immediately. <laughs> and so that was very intimidating to me. And I just had a friend, someone asked her out really soon before Cody asked me out and basically asked her to go courting with him and mm. was a very serious and basically wanted to just be engaged immediately. But they okay. had never been on a date. <laughs> it was okay. at least the vibe that she got. And so that was just surprising to me because mm-hmm. a lot of the other guys in my age bracket are sort of hanging out and <laughs> let's sit and watch the sunset and talk for hours. But it wasn't a date because mm-hmm. we can't commit to anything. And so it was intimidating to have to know that there were guys at Remnant that were just trying to get married and mm-hmm. they were not trying to fool around and watch the sunset for hours and then pretend like that didn't happen yeah Uh, so when he asked me out I said just for one date right (laughs) yeah just wanted to clarify and that confused him a lot he said unless it goes well I guess (laughs) (laughs) but it took a while of just one date so like okay I'll go on one more date with you (laughs) because our first date we went out we met at a coffee shop and we just had a lot of fun chatting. And then all of a sudden I realized we'd been there for six hours. Oh, wow. We nonstop talked for six hours. Yeah. You're and both so easy to talk to, though. So I can see yeah. how that's possible. That's still what we do. Yeah. <laughs> when we put the kids to bed, a lot of times all of a sudden we'll say, oh, no, it's one o'clock. We're exhausted. We have to sleep. <laughs> but we still enjoy just talking and debating things. So it was it took me a while to kind of commit and say, OK, I'll allow you to sit next to me in church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you had some rules. You had some rules. 
But then oh, he yeah. got you. He, he won did. you. He wore me down mm-hmm. with just solid friendship. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he is, he loves Jesus. And that was really evident that he was striving to grow in Christ. And he had very distinct thoughts about what he wanted his life in Christ to look like. Not necessarily, like he's not, wasn't super career focused and money driven. Mm-hmm. He was just like, I am a part of this church and I'm a part of this city and I want to be a part of the work God is doing here. And he was really, he's really passionate about that. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting, even though it wasn't really my plan <laughs> yep. to stay. We had an argument kind of early in our dating where I was talking about going back on the mission field. <laughs> so, well, you know, I might go back for a couple years. And he said, that's fine. We'll just break up. <laughs> I was so offended. He would break up with a missionary. <laughs> but he said, I'm called to this church in the mm-hmm. city. And I'm not called to be a missionary in a foreign country. And if you are, then praise God, we'll just part ways joyfully. Mm. And it really made me consider that I, at some point, would have to choose to put down roots somewhere mm-hmm. and not just sort of float around the earth every two years, but that it would actually maybe be a bigger blessing to yeah. stay in one spot and have really deep roots and wait and see what the Lord would do here rather mm-hmm. than go chasing it somewhere else. Yeah. So you, there's so much there that, I don't know, I feel like it'll lead into your second podcast, but just how, um, yeah, I feel like God is still continuing that process in you, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Being still is not my strong suit. Uh, So I never really imagined that I would live a life with family in town and Mm -hmm. I don't know, just stay still for so long, Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of weird because I never moved out of Lynchburg. I was there until I was 22. Um, but I always wanted to leave mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I just was any day that we were traveling was the best day. And I was always making plans to go somewhere. When I got my license, I was never at home. Mm-hmm. I was just, I'm just going to drive to this other city for the day by myself for no reason. Yeah. Cause I just, always wanted to be somewhere else and was not good at being still and I was not good at appreciating (laughs) anything that God had given me. You used to want to go all the way to outer space. I did. (laughs) I was ready to float away (laughs) at any given moment. Maybe someday you'll get to go to Mars, Carissa. Uh, Maybe. It sounds (laughs) hot. Like a fun place. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So this is your soil. Is there anything else you want to share before closing out today? Um... I'm sure, you know, it's hard to summarize a life into 20 minutes, but I think I'm very thankful. I'm thankful to have had an opportunity to like see my parents grow in Christ because they're definitely different now than they were when I was young. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful that I've had, it's such a blessing to grow up in a home with Christian parents, even for all of the, you know, mistakes they made or things they didn't get right at the time. I can still see how that led to so many good things in my life, which is encouraging now as a mother <laughs> yeah. to say, okay, there's going to be a lot of mistakes that I make, but Jesus can use those uh, mightily. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to blame my parents for everything that ever went wrong in my life. I can just be really grateful that God gave me parents that loved me. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for that relationship I have with them. Well, what you're talking about is perspective because if I was listening to what you were saying earlier, <laughs> it's probably not the perspective you had when you were in their household at times. No, yeah, yeah, we had a lot of 
we had overall a good relationship, but also a lot of strife and arguing because my dad and I both need to be right. Mm. And we are not always convinced that the other person is right. So we had a lot of arguing and debating um, and a lot of, I I think I was just really isolated from them as a teenager because I just spent I was either out of the house or in my room. And as long as I sort of got good grades Mm -hmm. and wasn't actively dealing drugs, they were like, okay, (laughs) great, you're doing great. So I think I probably, I didn't let them see my life as much as I should have. And they were not as investigative as they could have been. (laughs) So we had, you know, rocky times like probably any teenager does with their parents. But thankfully what they invested in me through Christ think we have it was good i'm thankful so what you're talking about is um that god's promises and his words uh, are a lot stronger than all of our sin (laughs) and so yes yeah it was really important to my parents that i knew the bible well Mm -hmm. and i'm thankful that any any sort of problem that we did encounter or emotion that we encountered it was as a family we were sitting down and looking in scripture to say okay well what does the Bible say about this? We're going to do what the Bible says, even mm-hmm. if we don't understand. So biblical literacy was really important to them that I knew what the Bible had to say, where it was said, and that I wasn't confused by other influences and doctrines, but that I always knew to go back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, that was helpful. Yeah. Well, that was definitely I don't want to say definitely, but that was not my experience growing up. But I can definitely praise God that that was yours. And uh, we need people to look to that have had those good experiences with their parents. Or the, I mean, wouldn't that be terrible if no one had that experience at all ever that their parents would say, hey, let's read the Bible together or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm very thankful and hope that I have also a good relationship Obviously, I pray for a good relationship with my kids as mm-hmm. we grow together mm-hmm. into, I don't know, I think most of my relationship with my kids, Lord willing, will be with them as adults. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're only kids for a few years. Yeah, that's true. And then true. the rest of the time I know them will be them growing as an adult. So mm-hmm. I am, we try to invest in their adult selves now mm-hmm. as much as one can. <laughs> yep. All right, so this leads us to the close of the first episode, and this is the part um, where Carissa is going to talk about a lady in our church family So and pray for her. So where, Carissa, have you witnessed or experienced Christ-like virtue from a woman in our church? And would you mind honoring her and praising God for her and praying for her? Yes. The <laughs> friend that I that first came to mind is Kim Washington. She was probably one of my earliest friends when I moved here Um, but I've just been so blessed to see how she's encountered real trials and difficulties with a steadfastness and a constancy in Christ that is I I don't know even baffling for me to understand sometimes that she has really difficult I don't know physical situations to deal with and she deals with them she has grief but she comes back to Christ and trusts that his word is true and that he's really going to, I don't know, help her. And there's been a lot of times where we've talked and I've said crazy things. And she said, <laughs> I'm really sorry you're feeling that way. How does Christ meet you here? Mm. 
And I am always initially like, how dare you bring up the Bible in this moment? (laughs) But she's very faithful to point me back to Christ when I would just like to be allowed to rant and rave. And she does not allow me to rant and rave. (laughs) So it is just extremely helpful um, and a huge blessing to have a friend who is consistent to point back to Jesus. So, yes. Would you pray (laughs) for her? I guess I'll pray for her, yes. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for bringing sweet friends into my life, and especially for Kim. Thank you that you have carried her through so much, and I know that you are carrying her still. I just thank you so much for the growth that she's had in you and the beauty that she's seen in her life because of her trust in you. I thank you for her friendship. I pray that she will know uh, when she encounters difficulties that you love and care for her and that you are holding her even when uh, it might seem dark lord you are there Um, thank you again for such a beautiful friendship and the opportunity to see you work in someone else's life in jesus name we pray amen thank you for listening to the whole home podcast a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.